You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. One third of our participants are first timers. It's a huge number, which is amazing. And we're so proud of that. So we get a lot of first timers, you know, taking the leap. And again, if, you know, Lifetime can help help them make that leap by offering a premier experience leading up to and during the race, then, I mean, we're thrilled. So yes, the, our new Lifetime Tribe Club has done that, just that. That was Nicole Bostic. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today on the podcast, I sync up with premier healthy lifestyle brand, Lifetime's Nicole Bostic. Associate Marketing Director, and Alex DeGracia, Senior Events Manager. You may have heard of some of Lifetime's incredibly popular events, beginning with the Verizon New York City Triathlon, Miami Marathon and Half, Unbound Gravel, as they have 30 events across the country in the endurance sports space, including triathlon, road and trail running, and gravel and MTB cycling. The company also has a portfolio of of nearly 160 athletic country clubs across the United States and Canada, a magazine, Experience Life, and a podcast, Lifetime Talks. Lifetime, founded by Baram Akradi, is celebrating 30 years in business this July, 2022. I caught up with Nicole and Alex just before the Verizon New York City Triathlon to get the inside scoop on this exciting race and dial into the world of Lifetime. We do a deep dive into the New York City Tri history, the course, swimming in the Hudson, and how this event drives business to the city, attracting everyone from beginner triathletes to pros from the tri-state area and around the globe. We also sync up about Lifetime's mission to increase excitement and momentum around off-road cycling. Their Gravel Grand Prix, which is underway with a big prize purse for pro cyclists. World-famous gravel race, Unbound Gravel, which has been dubbed the World Championships of Gravel. And the growing popularity of racecations. And it wouldn't be a lifetime convo if we didn't mention world-famous Miami Marathon and Half Marathon, as well as their incredible portfolio of road and trail running events. Get your race and vacation calendars out because you are going to want to sign up for something by the time we wrap. If you like what you hear, leave us a review. Head over to wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're on Apple, click on the podcast, the five stars, and click on leave a review. Tell us what you love. If you're on Spotify, just click on the five stars. And please feel free to share this conversation on your social channels, on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you like to get social. Before we get started, shout out to my partners, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. 
It transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed nutrition recommendations you need to optimize your health. Get 20% off today at insidetracker.com slash move or use our code CHEERSMARNIE. Now, back to our conversation. Now, on to my convo with Nicole and Alex. It's so great to meet you both, Alex and Nicole. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having us. Before we dive in to the world of Lifetime, Nicole, tell me a little bit about how you got started at Lifetime and what your background is in health and fitness. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a long story. I didn't have a background in health and fitness, actually. You know, I um, had a background when I still lived in New York in fashion um, at Calvin Klein and Barney's New York. And when I moved to Miami for numerous reasons, I did want to get into sports, specifically tennis. That That's my love. I love tennis, but I didn't have any sports background. So I just started looking for anything Thing that I can get involved with with marketing and sports. And I found a position on Craigslist at the time. So that should tell you how far back this was for a company doing marketing for their endurance events. Um, and that's ultimately how I got involved in, the, in the, the fitness industry. I was with that company for a few years. I left, but always stayed in touch with them, um, sometimes supported them on some of their other events. And during that time, that company was acquired by Lifetime. And and a couple of years passed and the folks at Lifetime, my, who were my former colleagues, were like, hey, would you ever think about coming back to us? We're with Lifetime now. It's a fantastic organization, huge tons of resources. We would love to have you supporting us again, you know, full time. And that's all she wrote. I came back. So I'm recycled. I call myself recycled. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm back now. Mm-hmm. I started in fashion too. I started my career in fashion and marketing, and then I was super into uh, running, and then I got into triathlon, and then I turned it into my career. I get it. So are you mm-hmm. st- are you playing tennis at all? Like, have you been able to get into like game or anything down there? Oh, I am obsessive about tennis, but unfortunately the last two years almost have just been injury after injury. I had a knee injury, which I just had surgery for last May. And then in the last couple of months, I've had two herniated discs in my back. So I haven't really been doing much of anything except watching tennis, which is great because we just had, you know, the French Open and Wimbledon and then, you know, the U.S. Open's coming up. I know. Um, So I still get to enjoy it vicariously. Who are you most excited to watch play? Well, I mean, on the women's side, obviously, it's always going to be Serena. I mean, she's just such an incredible force. On the men's side, I, you know, I don't have any favorites right now. I can tell you, like, it's just... It's fun to see the the, the jockeying for position. Mm-hmm. You know, my my old time favorites way way back um, is like Stefan Edberg, um, and then of course, who doesn't love Roger Federer? Right. You know, and, and Djokovic. But now there's no like one you know one character that I'm just like, oh, that's it, that's my my guy. Or, yeah. So it's just it's just fun to watch any of them. And then, you know, there's like you said yeah. that. Yeah, it's great. That's great. That's awesome. And Alex, what about you? How did you come to Lifetime and what's your sort of background? Sure. So my background's a little bit different than Nicole's. Um, I was uh, an athlete as an adolescent and as a youth, I uh, 
participated in football, basketball, baseball. As I got to college, uh, I knew I wasn't going to ever be a professional player in any of those sports. So I shifted gears and thought about the business side of, of sports. Um, and I geared my education towards that. Once I graduated college, uh, I moved down to Miami and I took an internship with the University of Miami, working in their college athletics division. It led me down a, a, a real interesting path of sports in, in college, but also I met a lot of connections with Nike. And then eventually I transitioned and started working with Nike on their college football marketing and their baseball and basketball marketing campaigns across the country. So I did that for about three years. And then I got really, really homesick and home. I call Miami home just because I've been there longer than, than I've been in uh, Philadelphia where I grew up. I was uh, looking for ways to get back to Miami. And one of my, uh, co-workers from the University of Miami had actually been working at the Miami Marathon as a director of operations. And he said he had a slot for me to come back to Miami and it wouldn't be traditional team sports anymore. It'd be more endurance sports. And uh, I didn't really know what to expect. I, I had only run a couple of 5Ks b- before that, but I was excited to, to get back home and and try out this new uh, this new career in, inside of uh, endurance sports. So I came back. That was uh, 2010, and I've been here ever since. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's great. That's great. That's like such a huge testament to the company and the culture, like that you've been there for so long. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it truly is a family, and Nicole can can probably attest to this as well. Like when when I first started, she she was uh, on her way out, but then. Like she mentioned, we uh, we reconnected uh, later down the line after a lifetime had acquired us, and uh, she was one of the first persons that we reached out to, to to bring back to the team because we knew of her work ethic and her skills on the marketing end. So now you guys are in Miami, but you're coming to New York City this weekend for a very exciting, iconic event, the New York City Triathlon. So this is your first time back in four years, which is super exciting. When did the triathlon begin and how has it evolved over the years? Give me the scoop on the New York City triathlon. I'll take that first, which okay. is so 2022 marks the 20th running of this you know, prestigious race, <laughs> which first originated in 2001 as part of New York, uh, New York City Olympic bid effort at that time. Less than 700 people participated in the inaugural race, which is a huge contrast to what we're going to see this coming Sunday with 2,400 athletes that will be um, competing. So that's a little bit of the history. Um, I have not been here since since 2001, but I mean, certainly there's just been the growth in, in the participants as we've seen. We've had course changes, which Alex can really talk to. I think that's some of the biggest changes we've yeah. seen in the last in the most recent years. Tell me about the course this year, what's new and what is staying the same? Sure. So the course uh, this year is uh, flipping directions um, to head from 81st Street or where we start our swim and headed north to 99th Street where where we end up. From there, we'll, uh, we'll go into transition at 101 and head north on the Henry Hudson Parkway where we'll turn around on in the Bronx and head back south to 56th Street. Um, 
once the, all the athletes have returned from 56th Street, they'll, they'll enter transition and then they'll head across 96th Street um, on their run portion okay. and enter Central Park right okay. at 96th Street. So the only difference this year is that we hope to swim again. Uh, yes. Last year, unfortunately, we were canceled because of um, the, the water quality in the Hudson. Yeah. And uh, this year, so far, all, all things are pointing to finally getting this course off and, and completing the race um, for the first time in this new direction. So, and so, and what's the, what, um, you know, as a New Yorker, I think, wow, swimming in the Hudson, that to me seems like something I would not do, but as someone who, you know, has seen this race go on for years, I know that there is, that it's safe. Obviously you would never let anyone swim if it wasn't. So what are the tools and tactics that you use as a race organization to make sure that the water quality is safe, that, you know, to identify what the currents are and all the elements that make it an optimal swim? We get this question. So I'm glad, I'm glad you've asked yeah. it, you know, and we, and that actually um, inspired us to do some investigations ourselves. Um, of course, we've always worked on the city level and ask can elaborate more on that and working with the city on it. But we actually have taken the step even of driving up to Sleepy Hollow in New York to meet with the Riverkeeper um, Foundation who are, um, they take care of the Hudson River. And we wanted to learn about exactly that. Like what is true about the Hudson River reputation. Um, and we also worked with the Department of Environmental Protection to find out, you know, an inside status on water quality um, and important information for us to share. So we actually put together a video that this earlier this year that you can check out and gives you some more information. Yeah. But I mean, I think the most important thing to know is that the, the, the river is the cleanest and healthiest it's been since the Civil War. I don't know if you recall seeing some of the articles out in the Post or the Daily news about dolphin sightings and so forth. But the Department of Environmental Protection has invested more than $16 billion to upgrade the city's wastewater system and better manage stormwater. So yes. um, it's definitely, definitely a concerted effort that we feel committed to ourselves, which is why we've partnered with Riverkeeper and are going to be, you know, there, you can find them at the at our event this weekend, they'll be having some information and a booth there, and we will continue to, you know, be a part of the efforts to clean the river. Alex can talk to you, you know, more in more detail about the operations and the science behind it and how he works with the city. Yeah, so that's great. I mean, I like that you guys are have a just to kind of jump in. I like that you have this partnership with the river organization to help educate people, but also like how can New Yorkers who live here who love their city help keep the river clean yes um, yeah, so, alex yeah sorry. yeah we work we work, like nicole mentioned we do work closely with the new york city department of environmental protection um we work uh weeks in advance getting uh samples for from the river leading up to the event so once a week we'll get uh, an update from you at the DEP and uh, he'll uh, he'll give us the update on what the water is looking like. The, the last couple of weeks, the, the water has been, um, like Nicole mentioned, uh, really, really, really good um, as far as water quality. Yeah. And, um, and 
we we did have some showers uh, earlier this week, but so far uh, everything is a go. We'll have another set of round of testing on Thursday and Friday of this week, and then hopefully we'll get the all clear by Saturday afternoon uh, to to get uh, the the swim underway on Sunday. That's amazing. That's exciting. I'm very excited to watch the race and be in New York City for the first time in like eight summers <laughs> that <laughs> I'm never here this weekend. I'm usually doing another. Uh, I'm usually out of the city, but I, I'm actually very excited to be here to watch. Cool. Um, cool, cool, cool. This is so exciting. So, I mean, this event brings a lot of business, a lot of tourists to New York City and you know, I feel like it's second, I don't have the numbers or the data, to the New York City Marathon as far as, like, athletes wanting to visit New York and looking for a an athletic way to do that, right? So do you have a lot of people from out of town coming in to do the race? Absolutely. As I mentioned, we have over 2,400 athletes, and they hail from 44 different states and 31 countries. Um, I think some of the more interesting countries that I would surprise to see is we have a few participants from Poland, a few from South Africa, um, of course, Canada, Brazil, Latin America. But I think those are some of the, the furthest away. Um, so obviously the travel and hospitality sectors are greatly impacted by the event, but also all the dis- different sectors we lean on um, to produce a race of this magnitude. And I mean, operationally, that's that's all the people that Alex hires to, to help us put this together. I That's great. And it brings a lot of business to New York City, which is good right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Tons of business, tons of community um, support, not just the businesses that, you know, are the, like I said, the food and the hotels and so forth and restaurants and tourists, you know, attractions. But it's also a big community event that we hire additional police for and fire rescue and lifeguards and contracted labor. So overall, the event is contributing to the economy in a, in a broader sense. And this year you have a new duathlon option, which is so cool. Yeah. So tell me about that. Yeah. So we have our classic triathlon, which is the 1500 meter swim, 40, uh, 40K bike and 10K run. Um, but this is the first time we are um, having a duathlon. And actually the the inspiration for the duathlon was last year's 2021's um, swim cancellation because, you know, it didn't meet our standards in terms of um of bacteria quality in the river, we offered a run bike option. And that had a lot of popularity to our surprise. And we're like, well, you know, maybe this is, this is something that we should consider as permanent programming in the future. So this is our first year with the official duathlon, the official run bike run. Um, and hopefully we can use this as a future pipeline for more triathletes. Um, you know, the run bike event, run bike run event is a great first step into multidisciplinary sports, especially for those, um, Mm -hmm. intimidated by the swim. So we think this is a nice way to get more people involved and as I mentioned to hopefully um, develop them into triathletes right now we have over 150 um, registrants and we're just super excited for it to be our first ever official duathlon that's really and then awesome. this year, some other new components of the event are really um, around the celebration, really around the Finnish festival. We've okay. we've added in 
um, a Central Park ex- lifetime Central Park experience on Saturday, the 23rd, that kicks off at 6:30 a.m. with a yoga flow led by Jonah Kest, and then it'll flow into a dance jam with music mixed by DJ Station, um, and that's all going to be taking place at the Malberg Bandshell, which is where our Finnish festival will be the following day after the race. So registration for that so is that's open on Saturday. Yes, yeah. that's that's on Saturday. Um, and I also want to mention another thing that's new for us that's on Saturday morning. And I would love, 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 love to have as many of your listeners come out for as possible. Um, this is our first year ever um, with a children's race. We part. Oh, cool. Yeah. Lifetime. Sorry. That's okay. It, it is cool. I'm so, we're so excited for it. Um, this year, the Lifetime Foundation partnered with the City Parks Foundation to create a five week running and nutrition program for New York City children between the ages of nine to 17 across four boroughs. So on Saturday morning um, at 8 a.m., there's the kids are going to be running. It's 250 kids running one mile and their finish experience. They're actually going to be going through the finish line, the same finish line that the triathletes will go through the following day. So on Saturday, there's tons going on. We've got our expo at the Hilton. We've got the kids run. We've got the yoga. We've got the dance jam, all of those things. We're, you know, looking for people to come out to cheer, to volunteer at. So still many things that you can sign up for and be a part of. And also, I mean, there's tons of places where New Yorkers, if my listeners want to come out and and cheer and be on, like, you know, cheer on the athletes. I mean, as an athlete, that's so awesome. That's one of the most amazing things about New York is that people come out on the course and and more so than any other place I've ever done a race where there's just a ton of, like, support from the crowds. Yeah, definitely. We love that. Is the best place to watch uh, is the best place to watch on the run, do you think? in the park alex what do you think for central park um a really really good hot spot is the 72nd transverse so you'll get to see the runners uh crossing from north to south and then also from south to north uh along the outer loop of uh central park um another good hot spot is actually on 96th and riverside that's a, a, okay. a, a pretty cool intersection as well. You'll see two-way bike traffic. So you'll see the, the bikers coming uh, south to the, the south turnaround on 56 and then also headed back north towards transition. But then you also see runners exiting transition running south towards 96 so they can cross from Riverside over to Central Park. Um, so it's a it's a it's a pretty cool little intersection there with three way traffic, um, and then lastly, ninety six. Yeah, off right, of Riverside. Right, okay, ninety six and Riverside is is the intersection there um, between Riverside and actually um, the Henry Hudson Parkway. So you'll see the runners coming off the Henry Hudson Parkway and crossing over uh, ninety six towards Central Park, um, and then the other cool. That's spot, a nice hill. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice hill. <laughs> I know that hill well. <laughs> You're familiar. You said <laughs> yes. That's, that's my one. that's my usual bike course. So yeah. <laughs> that's funny you say that because one of our staff members on the run course, uh, we actually got him an electric bike so he could make it up that hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're we take the the full three northbound lanes on the Henry Hudson Parkway. And uh, we okay. go north and south on on the lanes 
on our bike and then just south on the most uh i believe east lane for the for the run out yeah. of transition cool that's yeah. fun so how far north does it go you said 96 but it goes more north than that right yeah so so the runners the runners will pop out at 101 uh right from the okay. soccer fields right right up there off the path so we open okay. we make an opening in into the the highway it's itself right there and the runners will will run south from 101 to 96 and then across 96 the bikers will uh, start at 105 and head north into the Bronx to Mosheloo Parkway and then um, okay. turn around up there and come back south uh, on the outer lanes furthest to the west. So this is an amazing opportunity for people to see New York City because that ride and that run are so beautiful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, some, of the, some of the views on the north end of the course are some of the – the most uh, majestic views in the city. You get uh, you get shots of the river, shots of the GW Bridge. Get uh, a lot of trees and and foliage up there as well. And uh, it's it's a ride not many uh, normal people can do because that no. that highway yeah. is never open to to the public for uh, for bikers. Bikers. Certainly my dream experience to have four lanes of the West Side Highway <laughs> open for me to ride my bike or run <laughs> and not on the path. Uh, so okay, there's exactly. always next year for my listeners who live outside the city that want to come to New York for a fun race experience for a racecation. And New Yorkers, a great way to see the city. I mean, it's, I mean, I love riding up the West Side Highway and over the GW and running in Central Park, but you know, it's a really awesome opportunity when it's closed off, when it's when there's volunteers, when you can get water, when you can get nutrition and fuel and run through your city. It's one of one of the best experiences having that open road on the bike, but also across 96, you get all the lanes to uh, Central Park. So you're literally running through Midtown Manhattan and uh, and checking out a lot of the sites on the way to, to Central Park. Very exciting. All right, hope you're enjoying this conversation. Just jumping in here to give a shout out to our partners, Athletic Greens and AG1. I started using AG1 daily a few months ago. I was looking to boost my immunity, improve my gut health, and optimize my endurance sports performance. I needed an all-in-one nutritional supplement that was easy to add to my daily wellness routine that would also work with my sensitive gut. AG1 has been game-changing. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food superfoods, and adaptogens, and it's so easy to use. You just add one scoop to a cup of water. I drink mine every morning while making my coffee and feeding my dogs. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every day to take great care of yourself. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs or nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it tastes great. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash money on the move. Again, that is athleticgreens.com 
slash Marnie on the Move to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This isn't your only race at Lifetime. I mean, you have many endurance sports events around the country from triathlon to running, trail running, gravel, mountain biking. And it's this July is Lifetime's celebration of 30 years in business. But where did it all begin? Oh, gosh. Well, yes. Lifetime is celebrating 30 years in business in this July. And in 1978, at the age of 17, our founder, chairman, and CEO, Brom Akwadi, emigrated from Iran to the U.S. with a dream of someday becoming a pilot. He worked in restaurants. He worked in health clubs to fund his pursuit. Um, and in that journey, similar to our own, you know, varied paths and backgrounds into sports, he was so skilled at selling memberships at some of the health clubs that he worked at that he was offered a partnership in a health club chain. But he didn't like the traditional industry model of signing as many members as possible and not caring if they actually ever showed up at the club. So he postponed his dream of becoming a pilot and founded Lifetime. So in 1992, the first Lifetime opened in a strip mall in Minnesota. And that club was 27,000 square feet. We now operate 160 locations, totaling 16 million square feet in 29 states and 41 major markets. So, yes, we are a big, big health and fitness company. When did Lifetime get into the event space? I believe that was in 2004, at least the tri space. Lifetime started the Lifetime Tri Series in 2004. It was a series of triathlons across the country that included Minneapolis Tri, Tempe, CapEx, Southeast Tri, Escape to Miami, among others. And then over the years, our athletic division has grown to include the gamut of endurance sports, including running, trail running, off-road cycling, mountain bike, gravel, um, which is the latest craze, you know, gravel's really taking off in recent years. So we, we pretty much are doing it all in endurance sports. Is Experience Life also one of your media partners? Yes, Experience Life is our in-house magazine partner. So all of our members receive Experience Life, which is just another great compliment to highlight what the company is doing and how we're impacting the health and fitness industry. That's been around you know, I think it has been, I, I can get back to you and confirm, but I, I believe it has been. Yeah. No, the only so. reason I know is because mm-hmm. I worked in PR for ah. 20 years and it was one of the magazines that we used to sort of, when we were pitching Experience Life. Well, that, I mean, that's a good historical fact for me to learn. I, it means well before I came with Lifetime, but again, I think it's testimony. So we, we're doing the right thing. I love the brand evolution. It's so organic. I think it's amazing that you that Lifetime just announced that you took over all the Unbound Gravel events and you have your own Grand Prix cycling series, which is also really cool. It's wrapping up in October, the last of the series. Yeah, tell me about that series. Sure. The Grand Prix Cycling Series is wrapping up in the next few months. It's um, the Lifetime Grand Prix presented by Mazda, which was conceptualized by our team to increase fandom of cycling in the U.S. Think the Lance Armstrong days, if, we, if you want to. <laughs> we want that back, though. We want that kind of excitement back, and we want to support cyclists by offering a prize purse of $250,000. So that should get people excited, right? Yeah, for the whole series, right? There, How many winners are there? 
I'll give you, so the the Grand Prix itself consists of six of our um, amazing off-road cycle events, ranging from Fuego 80K at the Seattle Classic to Unbound Gravel in Emporia, Kansas, which is dubbed the World Series of Gravel, (laughs) the iconic Leadville, and the newly introduced Big Sugar Gravel in Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, The field is comprised of professional cyclists, and the original plan was to have 40 cyclists, 20 men and women, but upon receiving so many applications, we actually increase the field to 60 and an even 30, 30 split. So, and you've got a lot of pros coming over from the triathlon world, but they're pro triathletes, not pro cyclists. So does that matter or they just have to be pro athletes? Yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, as I mentioned, gravel cycling has taken off in recent years with more and more flocking to it because there's such a strong sense of community and inclusiveness. And it's also generally considered safer than road cycling. So we love being able to welcome more people to this to support it. And and really, I I feel like take the the lead in the gravel cycling uh, world. Yeah, you certainly are. Lifetime has all the best events. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I have not been to a gravel event, but I would like to go next year. I do not want to do the 200 mile. (laughs) I don't even own a gravel bike, so, but this is how I roll. Like, I'm going to come do the century distance. I'll figure it out. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to figure it out like before, like that month. I'm going to start now. But yeah, well, we can help you with that too. We can give you some guidelines and some tips and, you know, connect use with some of our partners, you know, that our biking partners and yeah. our training group partners. And, you know, definitely we can make that a goal for 2023 for you. Thank you. That would be awesome. A few of our podcast guests, triathletes, Heather Jackson and Jocelyn McCauley just competed this year, seeping into the triathlon world. So I feel like that's a whole conversation in and of itself. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that because I'm also trying to encourage the opposite to trying to get some of the, you know, traditional cyclists to come over and support, you know, and, and participate in our triathlons, especially now that we have a duathlon. It's that same idea. Hey, take the first step and see how you can do with this. And maybe you can become a triathlete and a cyclist. Let's do it all. Yeah. As an athlete, like when you're doing one sport, I think triathlon is great for kind of adding some balance to your to your training and your routine. Absolutely. In addition to triathlon and off-road cycling, Lifetime also has a series of running and trail running events, which is a category in the endurance space that has really taken off in the past few years. Well, specifically in the run space, Alex and I actually work on our biggest run event for a lifetime, which is the Lifetime Miami Marathon and Half Marathon, another event that we've got to get you to. (laughs) So... That's an event that has been around also for quite some time. It's 20 years old. So super exciting for us. Again, an event that had a very small and humble beginnings and is, and is grown into a juggernaut. In 2020, we had over 22,000 registrants. And then um, after COVID, we decided to change things up a little bit and we reduced the field a bit to make the experience a little bit more roomier for, for, for runners to, to say the least. And now we are selling out their race at 18,000 for 2023. Oh my so yes, we definitely have some big running events in our portfolio as well. We've got lot of several more in Miami. We've got several events in um, Chicago. And as you mentioned, we have a ton of our trail running events, which like you said, is taking off. Trail running has become super popular in the last few years. 
Look, I think after COVID, I think what's great to see is just the entire world is more more interested in fitness and especially in outdoor fitness. And I mean, I think you've seen a lot of a lot of that. People are like, well, we can't go to you know, the gym at the time or your club at the time. So right. let's get out there. And, and so now that we're in this post COVID world, we are really lucky to have uh, the interest continue and then to have an entity like, like lifetime and our clubs across the country that can, you know, support those, those athletes, those endurance athletes, and really, you know, train them in the club, train them outside of the club and then have them participate in our events. Does lifetime offer endurance sports coaching? Well, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you mentioned that we actually launched this year for the first time ever, the Lifetime Tri Club in our New York Tri-State area clubs, specifically to train for the New York City Triathlon. So yes, the answer is yes. The answer is that it's not it's, you know, club dependent, but it's definitely something that's growing as a business unit for us. We've gotten so many people who were interested in participating in, in a triathlon, but as I mentioned before, they had those same fears. I've never done one. I'm intimidated. I think I should throw out the stat that actually, um, one third of our participants are first timers. It's a huge number, which is amazing. And we're so proud of that. So we get a lot of first timers, you know, taking the leap. And again, if, you know, lifetime can help, help them make that leap by offering it, offering a premier experience leading up to, and during the race, then, I mean, we're thrilled. So yes, the, our new lifetime tribe club has done that, just that. I think I think just off the top of my head, I think that there are at least 130 people that have signed up from the lifetime clubs in the tri-state area. So very happy with those numbers for a first-time program. That's really great for, and especially as a first-time program, but there are so many people that are tri-curious that are interested in getting involved in the sport, but also very local to the city. And there aren't a lot of places to train for open water swimming unless you you know, have that extra drive to get on the subway and go out to Coney Island or, you know, and swim over there. Or, you know, you can get into obviously pools, but it's not the same thing as open water swimming. So I think that like New York City, there's like a little barrier to entry. But at the same time, it's like if you can just educate New Yorkers on where they can do this, I think that they would love to get into triathlon as just like you said, yes, training in open water is not easy in, in New York City. You don't have a lot of options, which is, again, one of the things that we as a lifetime at our clubs can offer because so many of our clubs do have pools. Yes, it's not quite the open water experience, but it's water right. <laughs> and getting water, access to water in itself is valuable. Um, and again, as I mentioned with our new lifetime try um, coaching program that we started, actually those coaches have set up several open water swim sessions. Mm-hmm. So um, we're trying again to you know support people to be fully prepared. But what was most interesting, and this is really the point that I wanted to make, is despite those challenges, the majority of our registrants actually come from the New York tri-state area. So even with the, the, the difficulties in, you know, finding a place to swim, that's where we're still drawing the most registrants. That's so interesting. I love it. And who are some of your partners that you're working with to bring the New York City Triathlon to life this year? 
Well, the the first one is Verizon, since the, it is the there are title sponsors. So it's the Verizon New York City Triathlon, which is owned and produced by Lifetime. So they're our title partner. We also work with Fox Weather. We work with Athletic Brewing Company, Craft for our merch, for our shirts, our finisher shirts, Charlotte's Web, um, Hoka, Gatorade, Endurance, of course, NYU Langone. I mean, we have a laundry list of partners. I, I can name them all if you want, but we'll be here for a while. I was just wondering like, well, who the fuel and nutrition is on the course. And yeah. And then you said you have like all these like finisher events. So what kind of products can people buy or shop or try? Oh, well, yeah, we definitely have our official, you know, official merchandise, which will be available for sale at the expo as well as at the finish festival. But I, we are thrilled to be able to, you know, offer our, athletes a lot of swag you know they get swag when they get their goodie bags filled with you know premium items from our partners and at our expanded finish festival this year um, we're really excited to offer a lifetime recovery experience where they can try out um, normatech boots and no, no gravity chairs and get massage and get um, various, you know, fat testing and so forth. So there's a lot of, you know, health related services that that time will be offering at no cost for athletes. The New York City triathlon is such a fun way to experience New York City. So for many of my listeners, get it on your race schedule for 2023. All right, let's talk event specifics and logistics. Alex, you're the senior events manager. Are you on the road 360 days a year? What's your day to day? And how do you work to bring this event here in New York City to life? Not quite 360, but uh, <laughs> I do uh, I do travel quite often. Uh, I'm in and out of uh, mostly the Chicago and New York markets, my home base being Miami, obviously. So I do travel to some other events outside of that, but uh, my main focus is just the uh, the road races that the Lifetime produces. So anything uh, on, a, on a hard, surface, uh, whether it be running or, or um, triathlons, that's kind of, uh, that's my wheelhouse. Um, and then our, uh, our senior vice president, uh, Mike Melly for operations, he takes uh, a lot of the road races and some of the, the trail running events that, uh, that we also produce. So that's kind of how um, I, uh, I kind of operate the the events on on my side uh yeah alex is being humble though because he supports me tremendously in our marketing strategy as you can imagine like many other races we uh go to the expos of other events around the country around the world and we are a small team uh we put on big events but our, our team in miami is only five people so uh we are literally traveling everywhere whether it's locally you know around the state of florida colombia mexico costa rica we go to races everywhere to, to pr- help promote our events and alex is a huge part of supporting that i know too. i can tell he's behind the scenes he's an events guy yeah <laughs> i'm downplaying i'm downplaying a lot <laughs> it, it's it's funny that you uh you asked us uh, earlier in the conversation about having international events and we really do not have any um, home events that are international, but a lot of our participants do travel from from South and uh, Central America to especially the Miami Marathon, but also yeah. up, up to uh, some of the other bigger events in Chicago and, and New York and even Leadville and even uh, Undown Gravel 
there's a bunch of international participants that, that do travel to our events. So, so many people tra- are turning their vacations into racecations these days. Just to echo on that point, like the traveling to to those parts of the, of the world or parts of the country aren't, you know, the most, you know, top of your bucket list. But uh, a city like New York City is is definitely something that has taken some hits lately since COVID. And, yeah. and now the city is fully reopened and like it just night and day from from last year to this year, as far as like the energy and excitement of, of New York being back and and ready to go again. So being, being the cap, the, the world's capital. So it, it's great to. It, when do you guys get here? Yeah. So I've been coming up for meetings with the city regularly once a month since January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, last year was the same. Uh, as soon as uh, the Miami Marathon's over, uh, we start transitioning to, to getting regular meetings with the city. And uh, that's usually a, a monthly trip that, uh, that spans two or three days. And from uh, from last year to this year, like I mentioned, it's it's night and day. Like last year was very quiet. There was a lot of dead zones in the city, but now everything is 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 popping and and, and exciting. So it's uh, it's really exciting to to be able to bring back a, a world class event like the New York City Triathlon, and uh, have all these people experience New York again. How it was always in the past. Yeah. New York is definitely back. And I think it's interesting to hear like what goes into planning an event of this magnitude in New York City. So that's really interesting. I mean, that you're, you know, doing all these meetings and working with the city. And I'm sure the city is super excited to have this event. Oh, yeah. They're 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 great partners. Um, they they always obviously have uh, a lot of regulations to make sure that that everything is on the up and up. But um, they're they're definitely one of our biggest cheerleaders and and help us along the way with all of the, the permitting and the um, processes and safety plans and uh, making sure that our our athletes and our participants are are the safest on all of uh, the city roads for during the entire triathlon. So. Yeah, it's it's exciting to 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 be in that mix and and have those monthly meetings with them um, to go over all of our plans and making sure that uh, that everybody is safe and everyone enjoys their time in the city. Yeah, it's been so awesome to have you both on the podcast. Thank you. Oh, thanks for again for reaching out and and 